welcome back, everybody. It's time once again to meet our community, the Hispanic business community here in Orange County. Powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center. And today we're talking the future. We're not talking about the past. It's all new out there, right? Uh, manufactured housing. John, tell me about this. That's right, Paul. Thank you again for everybody tuning in uh, here at our community podcast show powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Senior Vice President here at our OC Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, John Gutierrez, para servirle. Um, and we have another special guest with us today, this young man, an entrepreneur, a uh, new member of our chamber, Jesse Bejarano, who is CEO, founder of Bejarano Property Group. He's the chief executive officer. He will be talking to us today about housing, dealership, uh, and real estate sales uh, team that he has put together, uh, which is a, a which is a great group, dual licensed through both the Department of Housing and Community Development and the Department of Real Estate. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You, you got that voice of a <laughs> of a radio guy, Paul. I don't know. He might be taking your job. Be I don't know. I have to turn him down. I don't want to. Do hey, I've gotten that quite a bit um, from my significant other and my employees as well. You know, I wanted to first and foremost go into the fact that you know, I want to thank Jesse and his group for sponsoring our Hispanic Heritage Month uh, celebration we had a few, I guess, weeks ago, right? It's been almost a month, maybe? I think it's been, yeah, a About little a, over a month now. A little bit yeah. over a month. What'd you think of the event? I really enjoyed it. I, I liked that there was plenty of business discussion along with just pleasure. People were drinking, dancing, you know, the music was great interacting with everyone from the business standpoint, all of it was just, it all flowed very well together. Yes, and, and that's, again, here at the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, our goal is to bring people together, uh, the business community, a lot of nonprofits, and, and provide a platform and an event that hopefully you as a new member mm -hmm. can benefit, right, from the networking aspect of it. Absolutely. Um, so I did sponsor the event, so I was able to set up a booth that same day, I blew up a bunch of images that were relating to my business, manufactured homes as single development, single home development and uh, secondary units. And once people saw the poster boards, they started coming up to the table. I was able to interact and I met a lot of good people and uh, exchanged a lot of business cards, followed up with an email later that week and um, just had some good interactions at that time. And we're going to get into that a little bit here. We, we want to dive into you being such a young entrepreneur and, and uh, we want to make sure that some of our listeners, a lot of times are part of our youth chamber or the community, you know, where you're, you were motivated to do this, right? Where it all started. But first and foremost, let's just let people know a little bit about you. If you don't mind sharing, you know, maybe just where you grew up and a little bit about your family, whatever you feel, because we want the listeners to get to know you a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my name's Jesse Bejarano. I am 31 years old and um, I was born in Found Valley, raised all throughout Orange County. We moved at least 12 times by the time I hit high school. Yeah, I started a real estate company, which has been awesome as far as my experience, my work experience in the past. Um, it led me to, to basically starting this company and uh, taking advantage of my knowledge of manufactured housing, real estate, things like that. So um, yeah, I mean, that's just a little bit about me. So share with us a little bit about where the motivation came from diving into this industry. Was it somewhere you were at, networking? Did you meet somebody, a mentor? Like, how did you end up at this place, if you don't mind sharing with the audience? 
Yeah, so I started my sales journey and customer service journey started in fitness. That that job when I started out didn't work out very long. I think I lasted like eight months, but it opened me up to to sales and customer service. So moving from that, I had found a property management gig. And with that gig, it was just a leasing agent position for a mobile home community in Huntington Beach for about 304 units. Okay. And um, from there, I was promoted within like three months uh, to a property manager. And I was able to oversee those 304 units from the property management standpoint. My real estate background, it goes back to 2015 is when I started working for that company. You must have been like five years Mm -hmm. old. <laughs> yeah, I was I was younger. I was younger. Started in 2015. Uh, I worked it for three and a half years. Um, like I said, I got promoted fairly quickly. It was just a great experience. There was a little bit of micromanaging with that company, but I think I needed that at that time in order to understand the real estate industry a little bit better, understand property management a little bit better. Let me interrupt you real mm-hmm. quick. I like to highlight things that people mm-hmm. mention when they're on the show. You said you were promoted mm-hmm. pretty fast. Yeah. Why do you think that happened? It had to be something like you're very driven, you're working hard. Mm-hmm. What would you say it, those mm-hmm. were the attributes of why you were promoted and obviously worked your mm-hmm. way up so fast? I was a self-starter. So the leasing agent position didn't quite have a criteria to follow or a scope of work to follow as an employee for the company. So I started doing things a little differently from my sales experience previous. I started implementing different systems to help me perform better as a leasing agent and they didn't have those things in place yet. So doing that early on, they recognized that. And like I said, within three months, they saw that I was able to implement these new systems and and work off of them. One of them being an effective follow-up call system, uh, making sure that when I'm showing properties, that's not just the last time I'm making that contact and then having a system thereafter constantly following up with them. That's great. Yeah, so follow-up is very important for those of you mm -hmm. listening that are starting up a a business or some of our youth chamber that listens to the show, that is such a critical component because most people won't follow up Mm -hmm. or they may feel like, you know what, I didn't connect Mm -hmm. with this person, I don't want to call them. So you had great follow-up that you implemented in the system there at this place. Yeah, exactly. So the fitness industry and when I was in that sales role, it was brutal, brutal follow-up. It was, I mean, you would approach people at grocery stores and start trying to sell them on a membership. <laughs> it was intense. You know, you're the second person to say that on our show. Yeah. Uh, DJ Bebo, who was on our show, okay, uh-huh. he worked uh, for one of these fitness gyms uh-huh. and he was telling me that, yes, the the it's hardcore like sales, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it also prepares you, right? For later, I think. It does, it does. Um, I think it opens you up to having those random interactions with people and putting yourself in a and making yourself in a putting yourself in that awkward situation and then ultimately trying to find comfort in it i think that's where customer service and sales plays a huge role so going back really quick after i implemented those systems uh the general manager is the one who caught wind of it and um he called me in for an interview again and said hey we love what you're doing in this position um we want to promote you to a property manager uh it's gonna take some time to get you on board and trained with that position but uh we do see that that fit that role fitting with you what is a property manager for people that don't know mm-hmm. or can you just share a little bit mm-hmm. about what a proper property manager mm-hmm. role is yeah so it's um it's under the real estate umbrella right i always like to say it's the real estate industry mm-hmm. um it's just a form of it so property management with i'm going to 
clarify with this specific community, you are on site eight to five and you are overseeing uh, homeowners as well as renters um, that live in the community because that was a mixed community of homeowners and renters. Mm-hmm. And this was 400 units, you said? 304. 304. 304. Which is a lot. That's mm-hmm. a lot of people to be overseen. Yeah, yeah. And there's every single home has its own share of issues or, for example, um, anytime somebody wanted to do something to the exterior of the home, like it running an HOA, similar to getting permission yes. to paint and things like that, they had to go through an approval process with the property management company, which was us. So it was um, handling those. It was, uh, like I said, there was several owners in that community too. So when they went to sell, there was a whole process that I had to follow with that as well. That included walking the property and saying, hey, before you can sell, you got to fix this, 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 and this. Wow. Yeah. And it, I wasn't everyone's favorite person when I had to enforce those rules. Yeah. But and then, yeah, uh, there's you were that you're the hammer. <laughs> I was the hammer. But but, you know, mm-hmm. it's part of being a leader, being a, a good manager and also whoever you're working for at the mm-hmm. time, them seeing that I put someone in a role mm-hmm. that can obviously get the job done. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, isn't a pushover because you have to be firm with people that, hey, no, you can't do this. And here's the reason why. It's not that I'm the bad guy. It's just these are the rules, the regulations, whatever it may be, you're out of compliance. We hear about that a lot in healthcare. Right. And people might say, well, why can't we? you do this for us? And mm-hmm. it's like, it's not that we don't want to. It's we just can't do that, right? We yeah. have to play by the rules. Right. So the fact that you're able to be that hammer, but in a professional way, mm-hmm. says a lot about you as a person, I, I think. Don't, yeah. you, don't you say? What would you say about that? I would. You do have to be the enforcer in that way. But um, if you ask most residents in that community, I maintained great relationships. And that's because I handled it with professionalism. It wasn't me trying to make someone's life more difficult. Mm. It was me simply following the guide exactly as it was written. But um, doing it in a way where, okay, how can I help you make sure this gets done? Like, it wasn't just, here's the rules now. Great job. Figure it out. That's awesome. Wow. And so... In this role, in this position, eventually you ventured off and started your own business. Yeah, so I I worked three and a half years at this company, and then I accepted a director position with a housing company in Irvine. I worked there for a year and a half. That was a student and corporate housing company. But because of COVID and the travel bans and oh. schools were no longer allowing in-person you know, sessions and things like that, um, the company had to let go about I would say about 90% of their staff. Wow. And they're actually right across the street from UCI. They're local. Okay. So after a year and a half of doing that. So COVID really impacted COVID, you. COVID, you yeah. Yeah, definitely. So after I left there, I just said, you know what? I feel like I've gathered, developed enough experience that I can venture on my own and be completely comfortable doing so. And the only reason I was is because I had tried starting a business in my early 20s. And, you know, it showed me a little bit more about business at that time. Mm-hmm. But I knew I needed to develop skills from then on. And then once I got let go of this position, it was like, okay, now now's the time to do it. I have my licenses. I have my business already um, incorporated. It's all ready to go. So I just ventured off and, and started a real estate business. And then I obtained the dealer's license with the Department of Housing and that allowed me to sell factory built homes directly from factory to buyers who own land or who currently lease land like in a mobile home community. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I recently ran into a gentleman um, at a grocery store. I was in there and he was just 
shopping and we started talking. He saw that I had my OCHCC uh, shirt on and he asked me what that was. And I said, I'm with the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And, and he said to me, I've been looking for somebody like you for a long time. And I'm like, why? He goes, I have this piece of land mm-hmm. out in the middle of, I think it was like Victorville or some, something like that, right? Victorville. And, um, and he's like, and I want to put a property on it. Mm-hmm. And I need to find somebody or someone that can help me with the funding of being able to put, but he didn't want just a property, he wanted a venue, right? Mm-hmm. He wanted to put like a business venue. Okay. And of course, here at the chamber for people listening for the first time, we're connected with the SPDC, the Small Business Development Center, mm-hmm. right? That's one of our partners here. And so right away I said, here's my card, email me, and I'll connect you with one of our consultants at mm-hmm. the SPDC and see how they can help you with you know, this venue or the funding and all this. So mm-hmm. if somebody has a property out there and they're trying to put a home that's where you step in and can help them. Correct. Okay. So right now we're revamping a lot of things. Our website being one more interactive and allows a potential customer to come on and say like, okay, I understand. Like they can navigate our website and understand the process a little bit better. So we do everything virtually where we don't actually have the structure built. We sell you the idea of it. And then you can place whatever you want as far as like finishes, what the home should have, what what you don't want to have what um, alterations you want to make to the structure. And then once we have that order form, we place that with the factory and they build it to whatever you want it done. Is there like a pre-deposit that people have to put in or is it like mm-hmm. like you have to pay everything up front or how does that work? Yeah, so there would be a 25% deposit up front okay. and then the remaining balance is due after construction, okay. after it's done and built. As they're manufacturing your home, mm-hmm. Are these people getting like updates or something? There's like a communication there with you and I'm assuming the manufacturer? The build's only three to four weeks. That's it? That's it. To build a manufactured home from the factory is only three to four weeks. So there's not very many updates. I mean, we can schedule a factory tour so they can come and check it out when it's done with one part of the process. Okay. They can schedule with us. We can go meet them at the factory and give them a tour and then... We can show them their unit where it's at at that point in time, but it's it's a very, very streamlined, quick process. When I was at Chico State in college, one of my good friends took me to mm-hmm. his dad's property that he had bought this land, mm-hmm. and we walk into this home, and as we're sitting there, the dad happens to tell me, this is a manufactured home. Yeah. Me being in college, I didn't know what this meant, right? I was like, what do you mean? He goes, they built this home in a factory or somewhere else, mm-hmm. And then they brought it in pieces and put it together here. Right. Is this kind of what we're talking about here? Yeah. So that's, I mean, with manufactured, they can come as a single wide, which is just one one piece coming down. Okay. Uh, being transported. And then they can also come as two pieces or three pieces, double wide or triple wide. Now, if you're talking like panel, a panel system, you're referencing more of a modular home build. Okay. So we don't do modular because a modular... A manufacturer can sell directly to consumer. Oh, okay. Manufactured homes cannot. Okay. Manufactured homes, um, the factory has to go through a dealer, which is what we are. They would have to go through us in order for us to sell the home. And yeah, I mean, the construct, it could be, it could very much be a manufactured home that you're referencing because the construction and how beautiful they're being done now, you can't tell the difference. I couldn't. Mm-mm. And that was back then. Mm-hmm. This is like 20 some years ago okay. or more. Yeah. I mean, it was like, wow, I would have never guessed unless you told me. Yeah. The home was just, it was nice. Yeah. And so I know um, Paul asked a question here. I think sometimes our viewers ask questions and you know, 
Mm. He said, where is the factory? Is it local? Like how far? Mm -hmm. Like usually is it somewhere nearby? Yeah. So um, it's in Riverside, the factory that we work with. We also have one up in the Bay Area, which is uh, Redmond Homes. And uh, yeah, I mean, depending on what area you're looking to to do it, we the factory can transport them all the way from the Bay Area if needed, if the price makes more sense to you. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And what is what would you say are the biggest, I don't know, challenges or I don't know, just things that people ask for, or look for when, you know, wanting one of these homes. Maybe not challenges, but maybe let's mm. just look at like, if somebody for the first time is going to do this, right? what is some of the questions that they have oh, the most sure. concerns with or just kind of like, mm. they ask you the most? What's common uh, when going through this process, would you say? The process I gave you was a three to four week build, right? Yes. That is me and our company operating just as a dealer. So we're just selling you the home and that's it. You kind of have to figure out your whole contractor situation, your architect designer. You have to work with the county. You have to work with the city, whoever is governing that, handle the whole permit process. That's like if that process right there is if we're working with an experienced investor or a mobile home park owner, somebody who's been through this process before. Now, what we have found is our value is not just selling a manufactured home from the factory. Three to four week process isn't what we look to do. We have been able to connect with different areas, specialists in different areas, architects, engineers, designers, contractors, um, everyone in transportation companies. We've been able to find all these these people and build this team in different areas. Like, for example, L.A. County, we have a whole team ready to go. Uh, Riverside, San Bernardino County areas like we have those areas ready to go. We have the team. So Mm. so it's like a network it's a people network. that are in that industry in that area. Correct. So and now people aren't yeah. having to go look for all no, these. because they're nearly impossible to find. It's almost like preferred providers. Correct. In that in that area. Correct. Okay. And we also help manage the process because there's just there's such a learning curve to this. It, it's nearly impossible to find your own vendors and your own people in place. And I think it's also important as a consumer that one feels that you're not going to get robbed mm-hmm. or taken advantage of or. Mm-hmm. Hey, give me so much money. And then those people disappear because you hear all these crazy stories, right? So the fact that you already have a group or Mm -hmm. a preferred provider group that, hey, this is who we're working with, probably plays a huge role, Mm -hmm. right? Question, Paul, go ahead. Two more questions came in here. Ready? Mm -hmm. One, this is a more complicated question. Is this personal property, like a car, a trailer or something, or is this become real property does does it get attached to the ground and turn into a real house and i can borrow against it i can sell it or is it like a mobile home that i can pick up but maybe i don't get the same loan it must be different loans like a car loan is different than a home loan right one's personal property you can move it anywhere you want a trailer the other is permanent attached to the ground what mm-hmm. which is this so you can do either or um so that's what i'm saying like with the mobile home parks um that would be attached and affixed as per or not affixed. sorry it would be installed as personal property so it beca- it's still movable mm. so the whole theory with that is that mobile homes depreciate if they remain personal property what's great is if you're going to do it on land that you own and affix it as real property attach it to the actual found to an actual foundation permanent mm-hmm. foundation mm-hmm. it becomes real property so it becomes a single family home or if you already have a home and you're doing just a secondary unit and you're installing it the same way it's an adu and that adds value to your property and that's the only way we install on private land. We do not do personal property just because we don't necessarily believe in keeping it as personal property when you can affix it as real property. Because personal property is like a trailer. If you went and got a, a mobile trailer, 
and you put it in your backyard like a car that goes down in value continuously the older it gets yeah. but if i attach it to the ground and i sell it at the house the houses go up in value what's an adu because people will ask that yeah. you just said that word yeah. i know what an adu is but explain that to me yeah an accessory dwelling unit or a secondary unit so if you have a especially an oc because we're such a dense area there's a um, whole new law that came in with adus in orange county yes, mm-hmm. yes. attached mm-hmm. garage is like a whole different property you can mm-hmm. rent it out right yeah so adus has become a very popular word lately when governor newsom signed the bills in 2019 2020 making um the local ordinance a lot simpler to process and approve an ADU application as well as streamlining it. There was a bunch of ADU companies that just started popping up for sure. Interesting. Prefab ADUs and stick built, right? But the the benefit of prefab, which is what we are, right? Manufactured or modular. And stick build is what we traditionally and, just building mm-hmm. a framing and building the house. Like what you up, see yeah. building on site. Like tough shed, right? That you hear all these tough shed people that build these, right? I don't know, little homes that go in the backyard or something, right? correct. So that would be an ADU as a secondary backyard home. You can stick it on like just a mobile home and keep it as personal property. You can affix it as real property, but that's what it is, is a secondary home on your lot. So the next question is cost. Does this save you a bunch of money if they just bring the house and plop it on the ground as opposed to building it like you just stick build it, build it from the ground up? Yeah, it's about a 30% uh, cost difference, and that's provided by a study done by Harvard. 30%? 30% savings from wow. stick-built versus uh, manufactured-built. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably because in the manufactured industry, like you said, a lot of it is already pre-made, ready to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a system. It's like a right. machine, right? And like you said, in a three-week period, if it can be put together, it's because these are kind of the... I guess you could say the modules or the examples that you kind of have to stick by, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's in a controlled environment. There's a process and a streamlined process to build, right? So there's no... There's no additional labor. There's no inefficiency with with factory homes, which it does save you on cost, right? And then you're not missing days of construction, which is why the streamlined process is so much quicker because, again, it's in a controlled environment. So yeah. you're not going to have weather conditions that, you know, you're not going to be able to do construction. So I think mm. the, the reason why this is important, we're sharing this, everybody like watching the show, listening to the show, is that we all know if you live in Orange County or even Riverside County or other places, the cost of living is has gone up so much, right? We know this. Whether you rent, whether you're buying, obviously there's not enough homes right now for sale, mm-hmm. so the cost of living is going up so high. And so this is such an important topic, and this is, this is the reason why, one, I wanted you to be on the show because I think, if I'm correct, and you can clarify this, it's a boom. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of a boom of manufactured homes. Yeah. There are several lenders, there are several real estate agents that are all moving to this space because the demand is there right now, and mm-hmm. it's affordable living in Orange County. Space rents, which I don't know if anyone knows what that exactly is, but when you purchase something in a mobile home park, you have to pay a lot rent to mm-hmm. keep the home there. In Orange County, they've gone up, but if you run the numbers and compare what it costs to purchase a home in a mobile home park and lease the land versus what it costs to purchase a townhome, a condo, a single family home, it definitely outweighs it and it keeps you in Orange County for whatever your priorities are. If you need to stay local because of work, if you need to stay local because of um, you know your kids going to school or whatever the case is, um, it keeps you in Orange County at a more affordable price. So a lot of people have started converting into this space. Now, 
in Orange County, there are secondary units. Um, the, the target market out here for us is the secondary units, right? Because it's just such a dense area. doesn't make sense to try buying a piece of land out in Orange County and then developing with a manufactured home. It just cost-wise, it doesn't make sense. You could still buy something and, mm-hmm. and pay, and it kind of equates. But if you look into like LA County areas like Acton, Valverde, um, Castaic, if you look into Riverside, San Bernardino, San Bernardino County areas, you'll find land out there anywhere from $25,000 to $9,900,000. It's interesting you bring this up because this past weekend, mm-hmm. we were in Hemet, mm-hmm. actually Hemet, Temecula area over there, yeah. visiting a friend of ours. You, they might have seen me on my social media who has a 40-acre ranch okay. of land that he bought, oh, yeah. I want to say like five years ago. And he's added a lot of things to it. And all the family was like, this is so much fun. We've mm-hmm. been out there three or four times. Mm-hmm. And some of the nephews were like, we should buy some land out here. Mm-hmm. So they started going online and and there's this group text going around and and they found like a, I want to say it was like 20 acres of land for like 200,000, right? Yeah. And they're like, we should look into this and we should, mm-hmm. and of course it's just all land and you got to clean it up and make it look nice. Mm-hmm. And then the conversation came up, you know, as far as, a property, a home, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming a lot of these places is where people are buying land mm-hmm. and then bring somebody like you in to say, hey, we want to put a manufactured home here, Correct. right? Correct. So um, we are also part of the Greater High Desert Chamber of Commerce. And um, a lot of our business, our, our single family home builds with, the, with manufactured homes is out in those areas because it is a rural area, but it is a developing area. A lot of people are moving inland that way in order to find affordable living. And this is a great alternative to buying just traditionally. This allows you to acquire land and build on it for a very, very affordable price. And if you find the right investment, I'll give an example, Castaic, LA County being one, you can purchase land for about 125K up there, have it fully developed at about 450, 450K, that's after permits, that's after construction, it's after the, the structure itself. But they resell out there for seven fifty eight hundred k. Wow! So you immediately built in your equity when you do it that way. San Bernardino Riverside County areas haven't quite; they don't have that spread yet. But it's only a matter of time before they do, just because uh, people are starting to move out there. And 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 I know we only have a few minutes left because Paul's giving me the <laughs> yeah, the look of like, hey, we got a couple minutes. But also keep in mind, folks, a lot of us live in Orange County. I've talked about this with my wife. Maybe we want to retire out in that area, right? Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with, hey, let's buy a piece of land out there mm-hmm. and let's put a manufactured home mm-hmm. and it could be our future retirement home. And in the meantime, we go down there with our boys and they enjoy the mountain scenery, right. you know, whatever, just have a good time, get away, right? And so the business is also here in Orange County because there's the investors, there's the people that are like, hey, we're city slickers. That's the reality. But yeah. we like that kind of stuff once in a while, right? right. Real quick, because I know we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. How can they get a hold of you? Where do they get a hold of you? Please share with everybody because this is great information. Please let everybody know, Jesse, how they get a hold of you. Yeah, so you can message me on Instagram. It's theagentdealer.com. And then you can also get, uh, reach me on my website at www.mylandexperts.com. Or you could reach me on my cell phone, uh, 909-529-6935. One more time, please. The phone number. Yes. 909-529-6935. Guys, free consultation, right? Oh, absolutely. Reach out to you, sit with you, Mm -hmm. share what your interests are. 
learn more about these amazing manufactured homes that is booming. And I'm sure with your group of, you know, uh, preferred providers, mm-hmm. there's a lot of resources, right? You can provide these these families or these people calling you. Different loan programs, yeah, different uh, vendors. Absolutely, there we have the necessary team to, and they all provide free consultations. So you no know, commitment up front. Paul, anything else? Because I know we got to head on out. You're giving me the that La- look. Last question: Quality uh, is it is it the same quality as if I build it the ground up? I got the same insulation and the same strength, the same structure. It'll hold up to an earthquake and all that kind of stuff. The short answer: Yes. Just because I know we're running out of time, they do last about 50 years, and with the right maintenance, they can go even longer than that. And um, they're built to HUD compliance, which is the Housing and Urban Development Department. So. Um, you you can trust that the the structures are built to to quality standards. Most importantly, reach out to Jesse, folks, and Bejarano Bejarano uh, Property Group because this is the boom. You're gonna need it. You're gonna want it, whether it's for you or your grandkids or your kids. If you're investing out there into property in different areas like Riverside County, LA County, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those areas that are affordable reach out to Jesse because that's where you can get good advice as far as what your next steps are. I have a few people in mind that I'm going to send your way. Any questions, leave them here on our social media, whether you're listening to us or watching us on YouTube or wherever it is, OC Talk Radio, and we'll connect you with Jesse. Jesse, thank you for being here. I know you're one of our new members of our chamber. You're a young entrepreneur. We're very, very um, proud of you and continue all success. And, and we wish you all the best. Thank you very much for having me. It was such a pleasure. And I know I butchered it in the beginning, but I, I think I came back at the end. Here. No, you did great. <laughs> you did great. All right. Well, folks, we'll see you guys all next week, next Wednesday. Don't forget, follow us on our social media, OCHCC, which is our Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce social media, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook. And do not forget, December 7th is our annual toy drive. We'll see you all there. Paul? Take it away. Thank you all for listening again to our community podcast show powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Well, there you have it. The latest and greatest as we meet our community here in Orange County's only community radio station. OC Talk Radio. Brought to you by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center.